Excuse me. I have an order of sweet and sour cup with extra mustache. This is the Extra Hot Great Podcast, episode 45 for the week of August 22nd, 2011. I am old lady David T. Cole, and I'm here with scary clown Joe Reed. They all float down here. And proven hoax Tara Ariano. Highly dubious. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. Uh, welcome to another special episode of Extra Hot Great. Yes. Uh, as you're listening to this right now, uh, Tara and I are somewhere in Iceland. Playing with the uh, sprites or elves or fairies. Or sure. Whatever. Or perhaps <laughs> writing giant epic poems. Who's to say? <laughs> Playing surfing hopscotch with the, Bjork. Surfing down the side of a volcano. Yeah. Possibly slathered in volcanic mud. We hate to miss an episode, so we're recording in advance. Yes. And this week, we are doing something a little bit different, an episode we're calling Must See TV. (laughs) And the reasoning behind it is each person, sort of in a circle, is forcing the person uh, next to them to watch a particular episode of their choosing. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's, a, it's like the movie forcings, but with TV shows. Yeah. Sure. And a little more benevolent. I feel like there's well, there's an edge to movie forcings, well, right? Somewhere in we'll some get into it, but put things, it things, things happen because of other, things out of our control happen. And maybe towards the end of this episode, the, you know, the, the spirit relationships of, may break up. Right? The idea was that each one of us is going to uh, give um, uh, their partner in crime, uh, a show that they think they would enjoy but have not yet watched. Maybe it's off their radar. Maybe they haven't had time. Maybe, right. you know, sure. who knows? Mm-hmm. So with that in mind, we're going to throw to Joe first, who made me watch Sons of Anarchy. Um, picking a show for Dave, I'll just sidebar, was a little bit of a challenge because so much of what I watch that Dave doesn't watch is reality, and I knew that that was completely out of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, wise, a wise choice. Yeah, I, I figured I would go for something with a fighting chance. Although I, I really considered uh, WWE Raw for a for a long time because really? I figured that would, would be at that. least an interesting conversation. I not to get uh, on on a wrestling you know tangent here. Sure. Oh, hey, why not? It's going to be a short episode, right? Um, I was really into wrestling when I was a kid yeah. back in the day when, but back in the day when they were like really. Caricat- more, much more caricatures than they are now. Yeah, you know, like Joe. This is before your time. Probably, I doubt it. Iron well, Sheik, Mister Wonderful, that era. Yeah, that was about the, the very, very beginning of when I started. Yeah, this is like yeah. when WrestleMania first started. Sure. Yeah. yeah Even yeah. girls were into wrestling at that point. They were. Cindy yeah, Lauper. Something for everybody. That's, That's right. true. Um, so I might have been with it, but now it seems wrestling seems way more like fratty and like sort of infected by uh, the what's the um, MMA. Yeah, mixed yes. martial arts stuff, yeah. and it's, sure, yeah, 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 and it's not as fun yeah. anymore. Yeah. So I went with uh, Sons of Anarchy because I thought it was there's a there's an FX house style that I thought there might be some bleed over to what you like from something like Justified, although they're really not that similar of a show. Which is to say, it's sort of like HBO and USA, kind of the love child yeah. of that. Yeah, sort, and it's know, a, and especially the episode I chose is the first episode of the second season, which the second season, there were problems with the first and third seasons, but the second season I thought was extremely strong. So I figured quality TV <laughs> rather than like, oh my God, what a train wreck, Dave's going to love this TV. Um, so beginning of the second season... Uh, 
basically all you really had to know from the first season was that there was this drama with, uh, you know, spoilers a ho, uh, that <laughs> the one biker's wife was killed by the head biker and his right. sort of henchmen um, because they thought the uh, the husband biker had turned on them. He hadn't. They tried to kill him. They killed his wife instead. There was a pretty good opening, like, previously. There was a long, on yeah, there was a long previously really, on. I mean, I assume it recapped the entire yeah. first season. I, I, I like it. Yeah. I sort of, I felt a little bit guilty throwing you into the middle just because I remember I came into the middle of the first season and I watched probably the first three or four episodes with like the Wikipedia page in front of me being like, okay, this guy's this guy, this guy with the scars, this guy, whatever. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to set the table any more than that. I'll sort of kick it off to you, Dave. What did you think? All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I didn't like it. Okay. I didn't like it. Um, now, usually, I kind of go for these uh, tableaus of people on the fringes and the, and, and mm-hmm. the societies they create. I'm usually yeah. in the bag for that kind the of thing. We watched The Riches. We watched yeah. we watch Weeds. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm usually into... But this show just sort of rubbed me the wrong way in a lot of ways. And the first thing, like, I was, I was done with the episode. I'm like, man, this is a bad show to be a lady in. Yeah. Because there was not one lady that That's... I came across that wasn't beaten. Yeah. Uh, lied to, uh, like, you know, very, you know, badly lied to, kind yeah. of, you know, like leading a double life now kind of thing or, or, or raped. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not this just is, raped, but gang raped. Oh yeah. yeah gang this raped. is the episode yeah. that ends with Katie Seagal's character who is, I should mention like protagonist of the show, like an extremely strong character. Yeah. Like this is her low point of the series. Yeah. Um, I, I would hope. And the whole, like, <laughs> and the whole of season two really is kind of her just like battling back from it. But yeah. So, so that was I, that I was a turn off. Yeah. Um, uh, but it, I'll do it in chronological order. My sure. problems with this episode. And by the way, I don't know if we technically mentioned it. this is the second season, episode one. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. He did. Okay. This show has some of the worst credits I've ever seen in a TV show. They are so cheesy. With the morphing tattoos. Everybody has tattoos all over their arms or backs of their heads, and then they morph into cowboy. You know, kind of uh, oh. uh, you know, um, set type lettering of you know, uh-huh. or whatever casting by so and so came up. Yeah, yeah, I was in the room when it was on, but I think I was reading a magazine. Okay, um, uh, a couple just stupid little things that really are inconsequential, but I'm gonna complain about them anyways. The town, the fictional town, is called Charming yeah. that everybody's in. It's a little, little much. Um, but uh, one thing I did enjoy about the episode and enjoys in really gigantic, sarcastic <laughs> quotes uh-huh. is uh, Hen- Henry Rollins is a guest star in this episode. And uh, yeah. the Henry Rollins Had acting... Sons of Anarchy, the biker drama, get him. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not going to... I Come back to me you, when I'm Henry not gonna, Rollins like, is a guest star on Big Bang point by yeah. bullet point. But I will say... <laughs> Everything that I love about that second season, he's the one thing I absolutely, without reservation, can't stand. He's yeah. just the worst actor. Yeah, and his acting school is like the acting school of long stares and sarcastic smiles, and it's yeah. all he can do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and look bald, you know? That's <laughs> what it, um, people try to use the word bro a lot in this show, unironically, and it yeah. never works. I'm always like, oh, ouch. Uh, again, these are the small things. Sure. Um there is a scene, the, there's a plot point where basically they're setting up a, a rival gang, biker gang, or maybe it's not even a rival gang, but another biker gang's member to take the fall for this botched hit job in the end of season one. And basically what they bas- need to do is just get catch this guy. And he's on a bike, So and they're on two pickup trucks. Instead of just hitting the bike or something like that, they decide that 
the star of the show is going to climb out the back of the pickup truck, uh, the little window while it's still going, into the bed of the truck, get a big long metal pole and try to drive alongside of it and match the biker's speed and then jam the pole into the tire, into the spokes of the tire. And there's this big long sequence. He's all like, faster! And he's he's balancing in the back of the truck and go. And all they had to do was run up to the thing and knock it over with the truck. But it's this huge, long, convoluted... Well, how what fun is that, Dan? But the thing is, it wasn't even... <laughs> to the point where yeah. he actually put the the pole to the biker, he didn't even hit the tire. He didn't even show any of that. It was just like thrust and then biker on ground. It was just like... It was, it was basically a really poor version of that whole sequence from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade where they're on the motorcycles okay, and he yeah. jams it in there and the bike goes spinning. Up. Right, right, it right. was like that, except it was a TV version. It was yeah. really, really, it just did not sad. Also, maybe the biker just breaks and they take off really far ahead of him. <sighs> yeah. But, uh, I'm not a military strategist. <laughs> the, one, the one big action scene they had, it was just like, this makes no sense. This is this is overproduced, and yeah. especially for like, a, a, supposed to be like a down and gritty biker thing. They would have just done... They would have taken the path of least resistance as as bikers do. They, you know, they're not they're not supposed to be into the flashy stuff. All right, Opie, who is the husband of this mistakenly slain woman from yes. the end of season uh, one, his incredibly stupid character. Is he always supposed? Is he always this dumb? He doesn't see what's going on. Everybody's like doing this really convoluted, you know, the whole thing with the bikers for his benefit, and he is just like there's just like cues aplenty that this is like super fake and everybody's like the only thing they don't do during the scene where they're they're they've, they've caught this biker and killing him is one guy's like not going tugging his collar going, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna know if this lie's gonna work boys um but is he that stupid like is he's, opie a dumb character he's not explicitly like oh opie's the dumb one but he's not he's not the most cunning guy yeah. he's kind of a little simpler than most. Sure. He's sort of simple motivation. We all can't be genius bikers. Right. That's true. <laughs> um, God damn it. Okay. <laughs> One of the biggest things for me that just like this episode, like, oh, no, this is not happening, is there's a, a character who gets released from prison in this episode. Yeah. And I forget the character's name. Bobby. And they have a big biker welcome back party. They do. You do. Yeah. And this one scene, and this guy is like, I think it's the same character, but this guy just looks like, he's like a mountain man. He's got that nicotine stained crazy beard yeah. and hair everywhere and he's just gross and fat and everything like that and there's a scene of him going down on two women on a pool table um and uh then he, and then somebody interrupts him i think it's the vice president or something and it doesn't really matter somebody, somebody interrupts yeah. him uh to say hello and he's like hey how's it going he gives him one of those bro hugs where his like mouth is right up in the <laughs> cheek i'm like ah oh, not happening and they're just like and then there's references to going to Bush Mountain and all this sort of stuff. See, it was that, like the anti-Dave thing. Like, I don't want to do it. See, and that scene reminded me so much of similar Deadwood scenes where I would get similarly like grossed out by like whatever Con Stapleton going to have his way with the whores yeah, or yeah. whatever. Like, I guess, I, I and I can't quite pinpoint as because well, it's because they're bikers, I guess. And sure, everything's gross and yeah, uh, uh, and. Uh, funny little fx you know because it's on fx he's they make references to him having gone down on at least one of these two women on this pool table sure. yeah. but because it's fx they actually have underwear on during the scene yeah it's so <laughs> yeah i don't know it's magic i guess he's a magic biker um and the at biggest there's some evidence that hygiene of some sort is being practiced yeah and so we get to the end of the episode and katie seagal character who's called abby no um no uh 
Why am I blanking on her name? Um, no, we'll come back to it. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. matter. Uh, Katie Seagal's character um, at the end, um, this she's at intersection in her car, and this woman drives up to her. And she's like, oh, my baby's choking on a bottle cap. You gotta help me. She's like, okay. And then she walks in there, lifts up the baby, the blanket on the baby carriage thing in the car and there's a doll there and then she gets knocked out by this woman and then she wakes up and gets gang raped by three members of the Jabberwockies. Um, not the dance crew. No. Listen. Don't even say it. That's not funny. You don't know. That's what it don't like impugn them. But they're wearing those masks. Anyways. They're not no, exactly it's not the Jabberwockies. Gemma, by the way. Sorry. I don't want to Gemma. Gemma. expose okay. myself as an idiot. So here is like the dumbest Where thing. Where did you get Abby from? It's not even close. I, I don't know. The title is called Abification or something. I just thought maybe it was what Albification. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So she's getting gang raped, which is gross and, and upsetting. And by three guys in white masks. Actually, you know what it looks like? They look like Michael Myers. From yeah. Halloween. That's yeah. what it is. Sorry, and, Tara. And, uh, we didn't mean to upset you. Thank you. So that aside, because we already talked about, you know, how every horrible thing happens to all the women in this te- in this episode. And <laughs> Including this getting gone down on by a gross guy <laughs> that just got out of prison. Exactly. Who wants that? Nobody. <laughs> Who knows what's in that beard? That's true. That, exactly. There might be a chisel in there. He's not, hiding from prison. He didn't forget about it. I'm with you. There's Japanese in that beard. Don't know the war's over. <laughs> Okay. And in their bushes, probably. Wait a minute. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, sorry. So, uh, <clears throat> so here's my problem. This, this, this is like the laziest piece of writing in this episode. And it is such a, uh, uh, just like a, a TV trope. But she's getting raped by these three guys. And during it, she's like just kind of out of it, just staring into middle space. And they went to all this trouble to knock her out in this intersection, bring her to this, un, you know, this unknown location and do their business. And one guy doesn't cover up the really obvious tattoo on his neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, me blowing my brains out watching it. Come well, on. That's lazy writing. Well, okay. But like, can't story, we set it up? But can't we just, okay. Unless it, wait, let me ask a question. Yeah. Was it supposed to be there? Were they sending a message? Was yeah. that the idea? The whole idea of them raping her, because they actually said at the end, they said, tell your old man that he needs to stop dealing, selling guns to minorities, which yeah. is what when they approached them oh, yeah, yeah. up front with Adam But Arkin do you there. think this one guy really wanted to be known as the person who... Had that one tattoo. If so, why did he put a mask on? Well, no, but what I'm saying is, I don't think there was a extreme effort to cover up. I think the masks were the initial, like, whatever, were yeah. raping people. Well, masks, I, 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 I understand if from a biker gang, like they were sending, from a gang to gang perspective. I think what Dave is saying is, if you're one, the guy this, who identifies himself and she clearly sees his tattoo, like, you know that there's going to be some kind of reprisal. Yes. Do you want somebody to be able to trace you back your to future. your neck tattoo right. yeah. so that it, your head gets cut off or yeah. whatever ends up uh, And again, maybe all these biker guys are just stupid, but that just struck me as one of those things. Like, like instead of doing... It's an it, occupational hazard of any crime you do when you're in a biker gang, I have to think. <laughs> but, you know, like, how many times have we seen the identifying tattoo plotline, right? Maybe just once they can just, like, I, I, he had tattoos, but they're really well covered. So mm-hmm. let's figure out who he, he is through other means. Maybe. Detective work, perhaps. Right. Or maybe they need to start wearing the Mr. Furley-style neckerchief. When they're going to do really terrible, <laughs> awful things. Okay, well, we can we can save good. this for our uh, better know a gang rape podcast, where yeah. Tara gives instructions on exactly how to best accomplish. Okay, so I talk a lot of shit about the show. Uh, I really Don't think I, I enjoy. I really like what they do with the casting for the most part. 
Yeah. Like Ron Perlman and Katie Seagal seem to work well together. Mm-hmm. I, and then there's like, there's, there's one guy who's got like weird curly hair and kind of bright eyes who really bugs me. He was like the guy. Oh, who, he was in Buffy too. Who mistakenly wasn't he, that shot. Guy? Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kim Dickens. Kind of looks a little bit like character. Sex Machine from uh, Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Um, a little bit. But uh, I also really enjoyed Adam Arkin. He was pretty he's, good as the no-nonsense business white, white power guy. Yeah. And there's this good scene where he comes to the party for Bobby to sort of um, get an understanding with Ron Perlman mm-hmm. uh, about Ron Perlman shouldn't be shipping drugs to or uh, guns to uh, the F- ethnic gangs in the area. Right. Uh, let's just keep it all in the white zone, is what he's saying. Yeah. And uh, Ron Perlman kind of like, Looks him over. He's got the expensive car. And it's just just nice little scene here. And I'll just play. I don't know what your angle is, but let me be real clear. Nobody threatens Sam Crow. And nobody tells us what we can and can't do. Black, brown, or white. So why don't you just climb back into your little German clown car and drive back to Nazi town? burn nazi burn yeah ron perlman isn't the most reliable actor uh in all across all his projects we learned that in season, in of, the season of the witch <laughs> yes um but he's really effective in this show and uh yeah it was good casting and he kind of looks apart and i enjoyed yeah. it but uh yeah the rest the rest uh, i do have some suggestions about how to if if you are like me and can't really get past a lot of things that are happening in the show sure um i have some suggestions if you have to watch it anyways for some reason how to make it more fun for you in the moment, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> Number one, pretend Ron Perlman is a fully shaved beast finally making his way <laughs> in the human world. That's fun. Look at him. Look at what all he achieved. He moved all the way across country. That's true. To this sure. charming town, mm-hmm. and he's making it happen. Yep. Imagine crossovers with geographical neighbor Eureka, where it's all crazy sci-fi and magic stuff. And where the bikers are given the hover bikes from Galactica 1980. They're <laughs> flying around on this. <laughs> Um, and finally, uh, turn down the volume of Sons and Anarchy and turn up the audio from a cooking show. Yep. And it really works because they're all really getting angry at each other about ingredients and stuff. <laughs> so those are my Sounds suggestions. Sounds good. So I appreciate where you're coming from. And, and usually sort of this slice of another life, another society stuff yeah. really works for me. But I just could not get past some of the content of the show. Like sure. I really like it was too much. Um, and the fact that like, well, like all the women in the show, horrific things happen all the time. And I guess that is sort of, you know, perhaps to be expected in this setting. Well, bikers, bikers yeah. are a bad lot, I know, but uh, and there are other... I don't have to watch it just yeah. because it's perhaps true. Yeah. To I mean, perform. whatever, take my word for it. There are other episodes where that's not quite so like yeah. the, the crushing depression yes. and awfulness. Um, but yeah, I can certainly understand where that would be tough to watch. All right. All right, I say we move on to our second show, and Tara made Joe yes. watch. I made Joe watch Children's Hospital, episode three, two, I forget. three? I think an so. episode from season three. An episode. Where, um, <laughs> where the Rob Hubel character uh, reunites with his old cop partner, played by Nick Offerman of... The wonderful Nick The Offerman. wonderful Nick Offerman of Parks and Recreation, to investigate a secret ward 
in the children's hospital where all the criminally insane children are sent. <laughs> so my re- my rationale on picking this for Joe is I know that Joe is not the gigantic comedy nerd that I am. Not quite. Who would be immediately in the bag for children's hospital as soon as it was announced. You know, would also be into, like, I know there's a lot of shows on that, in that block that you're not into. Right. But I thought... There's enough cross-pollination between a show like this, or not cross-pollinate. Well, there's a, there's a lot of crossover with this and Party Down. Yes. But also um, that I know that you enjoy A Wet Hot American Summer, which a lot I of sure the do. creative forces yeah. behind that are also involved in this. Yeah. And that um, if you enjoy the cartoony elements of 30 Rock, you would enjoy them amped up to 11. Yeah. In a show like this <laughs> that's also a parody of so many other kinds of shows that you do um, watch in various ways and enjoy. Yeah, it really is a grab bag of uh, hospital, different types of hospital tropes. Rob yeah, Corddry's character. One, yeah, season one was more of a straight ahead Grey's Anatomy parody. Now I think it's 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 much more. So when you say season embracing. one, just to get to the the mechanics of it. Yes. Season one was the first season it aired on television. Well, no. Um, well, yes, because it started end, off they as a web series. did end up re-airing it. Uh, yes, yeah. it started off as a web series that the that the WB made. Just, just they were like five minute episodes. Yeah, and then when um, Adult Swim acquired it, they did re-air those episodes. Okay, I'll, I think they would do like two squished together with like a fake promo in between. In sure. fact, it was often a fake promo for the NTSF SV yeah. SDSUV, Whatever. which is now a full on show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll call that season one. Okay. So, um, yeah. So Rob Cordry's character is clearly like the Patch Adams taken to Doc- the extreme. Doctor Blake Downs, <laughs> where he uh, dresses in clown makeup, his, and, and his clown makeup is John Wayne Gacy clown makeup too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then this episode, he's dealing with an ex of his, Sarah Silverman, who is also a clown face, um, and their clown face child who mm-hmm. needs. Uh, who is dying and all and only needs the medicine of uh, the healing power of the laughter. healing power of laughter. Yeah. Um, that was probably my least favorite <laughs> of the three plot lines. I don't have anything specifically against Rob Cordry. Yeah, his comedy doesn't do what I think it does for other people who mm-hmm. really like him. Well, but it's interesting to say that because usually his his contribution to the show is the weakest part of any particular episode. Yeah. Like the all the other people, the White Hot American Summer alumni, yeah. uh, their stuff is usually you yeah. know, the best stuff. Um, so you're not wrong in observing that. Okay. Um, the other two plot lines, I'll save Nick Offerman for last because... Obviously. Obviously. Um, but... Uh, Ken Marino's character, I forget what kind of injury he had to his hands, but something mm-hmm. uh, where his hands have become incapacitated. Right. And so he now is uh, is sort of going to Megan Mullally's character, who is very clearly Laura Ennis from ER, yes. where she's got the, the crutches. She's got a lot of shit wrong with her. She's got the, the glasses on the chain, yep. like that whole thing. Bad and so, rig. Um, there's a lot of the classic Ken Marino thing where he's like freaking out over whatever. Like he can't, the thing with the doorknob where he can't <laughs> manipulate the doorknob. And finally she's, somebody else also like can't deal with the doorknob. And she's just like, I lube those up. Like, <laughs> um, and they have this like, again, a trope of like that kind of the state wet hot American summer thing where it's mm-hmm. a very fraught romance yes, where yes. they're just totally way too into it. Yes. And it's like gross and yes. weird. Yes. It's like, like Paul Rudd and Elizabeth Banks kissing on the, on the, yes. uh, on the dock in wet yes. hot American summer. Um, and then his hands heal and they can't be together because he's a normie and she's a cripple <laughs> and whatever. And then so he uh, like purposefully cripples his hands uh, leading to this clip at the end. You ready for a little afternoon delight? 
And by delight, I mean I cripple bang you in a tub built for safety. It's over, Glenn. What? It was just a sprain. You're going to be fine. So what? No more making love in cars parked as close as possible to stores? Glenn, I'm not attracted to whole people. You are now gross to me. <laughs> fine. I'll see myself out. Oh. Chief, this is for us. Use my vagina as a splint. <laughs> it's that. That was him slamming his good hand into a door. Yeah. yeah. God, use my vagina as a splint. I can't even. Um, so now on to the third plot, which is Nick Offerman in the children's ward, where he's going to, of course, go undercover. Right. So he passes as a child, as a whatever eight-year-old child, <laughs> and uh, and he meets with a mustache. Yeah. yeah. And he meets the other kid whose name is whatever, but it's only that because that's the name. Mike. Of, is Mike. Yeah. Because right. he only kills people named Mike. Mike. Your name's not Mike, is it? And it's like, uh, no. Um, it's, it's all very Shutter Island. Yes, very Shutter, Shutter Island. Island slash it, if, by way of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. So Nick Offerman eventually makes his way into like the innermost layer of the labyrinth and uh, <laughs> has to meet the underboss, basically, of Ward 8 and then really convince him that he's an actual child. Who are you? I'm Gavin. I do bad things in the attic. How old are you, Gavin? Thirteen. Well, if you're thirteen, you must know what they call the Jonas brother that isn't in the band. The bonus Jonas. Miley Cyrus has a tattoo under her left breast. What does it say? Just breathe. Not bad. Who's saying night moves? Bob Seger. I mean, Justin Bieber? What's night moves? Crap. Um, and then he has to escape, and it's uh, he he escapes through the intervention of Mike. And as he's leaving, he sort of looks back, and Mike's being pummeled and torn mm-hmm. to shreds. A little, a little thing I really love about that whole sequence is the first thing that happens to him when he walks into Ward A is the kid just walks up to him, and stabs him in the stomach. Yes, with a number two pencil. <laughs> oh right, that's the whole thing about the end is that uh, he's you got to learn to put a magazine in there. So. No, it's a coloring book. book. Or a coloring book. All the kids walk yeah. around with coloring books and body armor oh, underneath their shirts. God. Um, so it's all like those two segments, especially are very, very funny. Um, it still feels to me like a web series where it's something where I would watch it if like somebody linked to it as I'm going through whatever Mm -hmm. my RSS and not something I would set a DVR recording for. I don't know what that line is. I really can't explain, you know, what constitutes appointment television and what constitutes, put it in front of my face television. Uh Um, It feels like an episode of the state that is just sort of focused on one recurrent, you know what I mean? One extended sketch rather than like multiple sketches, Mm -hmm. which is not, not a compliment. Like it's the state, the state's hilarious. Um, But the state was always a show where I would like go into it and out of it and never really like, you know, watched a lot of it at once. Um, But it's really funny. Like it's a good, you know, that does definitely, those two segments especially really hit my sweet spot. And, uh, you should uh, seek out the uh, Do the Right Thing episode. Yes, from season two. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of really good stuff in the first two seasons. You can get them from Netflix all in one, like, I think they're on one, in one set of discs. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, the season two finale, not to spoil it, is it, it also involves an extended, like, Tootsie reveal moment, too. Where we sure. discover how <laughs> how John Hamm's character is involved in the hospital, and yeah. it's it's really worth seeing. Yeah, like you could, it's like Frisky Dingo. If you decided that you wanted to watch it, you could like get the discs knock it and, all out and, and, and watch yeah. them in yeah. an yeah. afternoon. Yeah, and that might hook you. Yeah, 
I'm glad that you like this episode, though. Yeah, it was good. All and right. The fact that it, not enough to make you want to DVR it makes me sad from yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Aw. All right. So now, now I... Now it comes to it. Okay. So here's... Oh, Tar's got so many notes. Um, <laughs> so here's what happened. <laughs> what The show that I eventually made Tara watch wasn't my first choice. My first choice is, and maybe this will come up again in, in a later you know, episode of Extra Hot Great, but yeah. we're, what I wanted Tara to watch was an episode of Magnum P.I. called um, uh, Paper War. And if you know Magnum P.I., this isn't the one with when he goes back to Vietnam. That's one famous one. The other famous one... That's what I thought it was going to be. The other famous one is the Higgins Magnum prank episode where it just escalates and goes out of control. That's this one. The one that ends with the bridge in the River Kwai moment at the end, if you know what I'm talking about out there. That was the one I wanted Tara to watch. Mm -hmm. And I found that Magnum P.I. Season 7 DVDs were available and I Amazon primed it and paid an extra $4 for it to come the next day. And then apparently they delivered it while we were still uh, asleep, even though our, the, the door buzzer it's for the our apartment thing in creation. <laughs> wakes up the dead. It's so loud. Yeah. I so don't think they buzzed. I don't think they did. So here I am scrambling for an episode for Tara to watch. And it's hard because Tara watches so much television that just coming up with something a she hasn't seen before yep. and b that i think she'll actually enjoy is, is nigh impossible the other pro yeah there aren't a lot of shows that that you watch that i don't watch exactly. other than your nerdy science shows so basically i had to go back to something that i used to watch before i met tara and this is like <laughs> you know this is like over a decade now that i've known her this is crazy <laughs> so what i did and this is a bit of a uh, uh, a change from the original spirit of it but i was sort of forced to thanks amazon is I decided to give Tara an episode of a show from my youth and an informative episode from my early youth for her to watch and enjoy and perhaps understand what went into making David T. Cole David T. Cole. Formative, not informative, because it kind of sounded like that's what you meant. You're not going to learn anything from this. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) It is formative. Oh, my God, no. Yes, Mm -hmm. sorry. Uh, Well, I don't know. (laughs) It might be informative. And here we go. This is what it is. This is from season three. It's a two-parter from season three of the Six Million Dollar Man. And it is a, an episode called The Secret of Bigfoot. Is it ever? So here's what's happening here back in the 70s. We have one two-hour entertainment mega mix of everything that was going, all the, the big big three tentpoles of the 70s. <laughs> Tentpole number one, Six Million Dollar Man. Tentpole number two, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. A.K.A. the Sasquatch. Right. <laughs> Temple number three, this whole chariots of the gods, you know, mm-hmm. uh, aliens, you know, started our civilization right. idea. Sure. Okay. Yep. All this happened. Knowledge was their gift. In a. <laughs> <laughs> so all this is happening in one spectacular action-packed episode of Six Million Dollar Man. Yes, Tara. I just want to add, and and the other people will already remember this, but this is let's call this the golden age of America's love affair with Sasquatch, because there's also a very memorable, I believe, also a two, if not a three-parter, of the Incredible Hulk TV series, where Hulk fights Bigfoot. I don't know, probably. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Yeah, I think Bigfoot made the rounds. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I don't want to. Was that episode of Hollywood Squares where Bigfoot was on? It was, it was I don't want to over-explain the secret of Bigfoot. It's on Match Game. Yeah, but it is novel. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, this is back in the time. You'll remember, like everybody. Am I supposed to start talking at no, some no, point? No, 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 I will, I will. Uh, I just want to get through right. a few things and then we'll go. Okay. Um, so uh, you have to remember like the 1970s version of like the internet discussion boards were the school playground, right? Yeah. So this was the school playground talk <laughs> for a long time. This is why I'm bringing it to you, Tara, for, to watch, yeah. okay? And <clears throat> so a few other tidbits just to get you going to understand why this is such an awesome piece of television yana mm-hmm. bigfoot who is he played by tara andre the giant andre the giant oh, plays wow. bigfoot yeah bigfoot recognizably too it's not it's a very shoddy bigfoot costume <laughs> yeah bigfoot is he real or is he a robot bigfoot's what? a robot Wait, what <laughs> is bigfoot a robot that protects a hidden base of alien scientists yep what are the alien scientists really bitchy to each other throughout the whole episode? <laughs> they fucking hate each other. They've just, clearly got cabin slash bunker fever. Do some aliens wear pantsuits and have hots for Steve Austin? Uh, well, they all wear pantsuits. Yeah. But yes, and who the in the 70s one, didn't have the hots for Steve the Austin? The main one, played by Stephanie Powers, later of Heart to Heart. Wow. Has super hot pants for Steve Austin. Wow. And uh, finally, uh, is there an ice tunnel that revolves for no particular reason in this episode. A confounding ice tunnel with tarps all over it. It's not clear that it's ice, but yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a like lot a of things are happening in this episode, Joe. Sounds Joe's like looking it. at us with yeah. yeah, you thought it was just about Bigfoot, and, and no, it's Apparently. much, much more. Dave wow. said that to me. He's like, you think you know what this episode <laughs> about was, but you have no idea. So every time something preposterous happened, which was not that often because this shit moves really slow, yeah. I would look at Dave, and he'd be looking back at me like, Yeah! <laughs> Okay, and I'll let you go into your copious notes for a moment. I do have one clip that I that I that I have. So uh, at the beginning of the episode, we get a little feedback about or explanation about why everybody is in the middle of uh, Yellowstone uh, mm-hmm. with all this e uh, uh, earthquake no, you're, you're detection they're, equipment. They're in California, so they're not uh, in Yellowstone. Yeah, right. Yosemite. Yes, Yosemite. Thank Boom. you. And. Um, so blah blah blah, they're there for all these reasons. Then we introduce, we get introduced to a, the character Tom, who is a Native American, <laughs> and I just want to play this clip just to Native American by way of San Juan. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah, uh, I looked up the actor; he died a couple of years ago. Oh, Aww. rest in peace, Tom. Tom. Uh, so uh, just to kind of paint the picture of where we were in the '70s, here's Tom. Steve, I want you to meet Tom Raintree. He's taken over as our contact with the Geological Service. Tom grew up here on the Hoopla Indian Reservation. One of the real Native Americans, huh? Full-blooded and proud of it. Nice to meet you, Tom. Oh, it's a pleasure. Tom, as I was telling you about this report, because these new seismic sensors were originally designed for military surveillance, and since parts of their specifications are still classified, Steve and I were asked to come here to maintain security. That's not true, Tom. Oscar volunteered us. So he can get out of his office and into the mountain air. The white men speak with forked tongue, eh? <laughs> 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 okay, now I yield the floor to Tara. <laughs> okay, so I've uh, you know I've heard everything that everyone has heard about the six million dollar man, such as why when he's supposed to be running really fast, he runs really slow. <laughs> they, they, it's in slow motion, yeah. but the whole episode is in slow motion. Yeah. It's so slow. Yeah. God, it's slow. Yeah. Everything takes forever uh-huh. to happen. Yeah. Um. 
Although the uh, two things, the music when he's running is straight out of Funky North Philly. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, I have no problems with the way that Steve fills out his uh, his dungarees. Sure, he looked good. Yeah. Lee Majors, that was, this is a good good period for Lee Majors. And there's also a cameo at one so point. So a good from, two three million dollars was put into uh, <laughs> that effort into ass technology. Yeah. <laughs> Money very well spent. Um, there's a cameo later on from uh, Lindsay Wagner also as Jamie Summers. Sure, whose voice is like three octaves higher than. Than it is now. Oh, so really? I don't know if she was like a super smoker, but interesting. Gosh, she was so gorgeous. She was so beautiful. And bionic. And bionic. Oh, the things she can do in the sack. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, Steve, uh, Steve's Steve's buddies, Ivan and Marlene, are are husband and wife seismologists, and they're camping by this fault line yep. to try and test a new earthquake sensor. Uh-huh. And then uh shit goes awry. Yeah. Bigfoot appears. Yep. In my notes, I have, uh, in all caps, oh shit, here comes Bigfoot, and Bigfoot is pissed. <laughs> so Bigfoot does not look like, you know, I, I feel like every other representation I've ever seen yeah. of Bigfoot is like, you know, the North American He's ape. Simeon, yeah. 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 This is just a super hairy guy with yeah. like a human hairy face. And white contacts. He would not be out of place in Sons of Anarchy, by the way. I see. Um, and yeah, so... so. Oh um, man, I just got this vision of Bigfoot coming <laughs> down on these two girls on a pool table and I have to go throw up. So, so you think you know where this is going. Bigfoot is protecting the land from the blah, 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 everything we just heard them tell Tom, the full-blooded Native American, um, who I also have in my notes is Mexican or possibly half Ukrainian, half Greek. He's some kind of swarthy, but he's not Native American. Um, and there's a lot of, when I was a boy on the reservation, this and that. And then you get these cutaways to somebody watching Steve doing his various things on a hexagonal screen. Yeah, in oh. a very white, bright room. As soon as you see that you off, that off model size screen, shape screen, you yeah. know now there are fucking aliens. Now there are aliens. And as Dave said, they're all in this bunker watching him. So <clears throat> they've created the, the Bigfoot to patrol the area. They've been there for like 200 years. And they're con- conducting some kind of weird experiments on humans to try and, and so they're interested in Steve because he's bionic. They've yeah. never seen any human do what Steve can do. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty bad. Stephanie Powers <laughs> is obviously locked up in this. By bunker. bad, She's you the... mean deliciously awesome? <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like this episode was like one Robert Urich away from getting seventies Yahtzee, where it was yeah. just like totally. Stephanie Powers, Lindsay Wagner, totally. and uh, Lee Majors. Yes, amazing. And so then, then, then there, you know, there's a lot of like, here's what we've been, do-, you know, the uh, the expository, like why we're yeah. here and what we're doing and stuff. And this is where Dave was saying, like, they they're they're in this bunker. They've been here for two hundred years. They hate each other. Yeah. They have the one like coded gay guy who's like over <laughs> it. Every time anyone yeah. says anything, he's like rolls his eyes spectacularly. Yeah. Oh, and they also have teleportation technology. But we only see them teleport each other themselves like across the room. Across the room. Oh, <laughs> and they're like, tele- and they have these like giant like they look like those 1970s Pong home console. Uh, home console. Oh machines. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they got the giant dial that is basically an Atari paddle. And sure, they just yeah. Twist it and then they go the other side of the room. Yeah. Uh. So 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 Lady Alien. Um, I forget her name. Yeah. Um, Stephanie Powers. She uh, she has a highlight reel of Steve through the ages yeah. somehow, and then she sees that he's he already has a mate, Jamie, and then she's mad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> page number two of the notes. Shallon, that was her name. So then, yeah. Oh, and the, when Steve actually has his first fight with the Bigfoot, he rips off Bigfoot's arm. That's how we discover Bigfoot is a robot that they. And a shower of sparks. And a shower of sparks. A shower of slow motion sparks to the bongo, uh, heavy 
six million dollar man theme music that plays under everything yes so then what it, it turns out oh wait uh, and the seismologists also got captured by sure. bigfoot when they come back they're like all fucked up like they've been yeah. raped by bigfoot they have or that stare now they, they're yes point like, of order mm-hmm. yes when you say it's a two-hour episode, was this would this have aired as a two-hour, no. six million dollars no. special, or is it, it two no. weeks? Double. It was two weeks. So yeah. what was the cliffhanger part? The robot arm with the hail of sparks. I don't remember. Uh, earthquake shit is still going on. Yeah. Steve is lost. They don't know where Steve is. Yeah. It turns out this earthquake sensor actually does work, and it looks like there's an earthquake a coming. <laughs> so they have to figure out what they're going to do. And in the mountain, Bigfoot keeps a vigil over Steve. <laughs> That's the end of part one. Then in part two, they find Marlene, the lady, the lady seismologist. She's all fucked up. And so then that's in the part two is where we get the aliens telling Steve all about their whole plan and everything. And what is their scene plan? where they're doing tests <clears throat> on Steve Austin. I swear to God, it lasts 17 minutes. And it's this them poking him, putting wands over him. It goes on At one on point, forever. his shirt is like on and then off. Like it's like oh totally God. bad uh, um, and then on again. Yeah, like continuity. it's just bad continuity. Oh my God. Um, yeah, we're a group of space, deep space explorers. One dude is allergic to Earth. <laughs> he's like sneezing Take all the that, time. I'm That's why Shyamalan. he's so crabby. Oh, God. Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah. So then what happens is they just they crack this plan where they're like, if we can do a controlled explosion, we can head off this earthquake. I don't know Release if this pressure. whole scientific there's a big, mustard there's, or, there's or, a giant or earthquake that's going to destroy the whole western, you know, sea sea board. Sure. And uh, if they can basically set off a smaller earthquake, it'll relieve enough pressure that this big the big one won't happen. Right. I but like that was if, a plot in the Superman oh, movie sure. at some point. Yeah. yeah. But if that happens, they're going to fuck up the bunker. Yeah. And so then now Steve and Shallon are at odds uh, because see. she has to protect her people. Why they can't just teleport to somewhere else, I don't know. Um, and leave behind their hexagonal but screens. But the, the, the good part <laughs> about that plot point is that Tom, who's just this guy, <laughs> yeah, is Matt, given super Pentagon nuclear codes from right, Oscar. Right, Oscar's Steve just like, just call them up and tell them code name whatever. And he's like, all right, oh yeah, Snow White. And, they, and that totally and he works. he literally so gets like, on right. the radio, Give me, get me the Pentagon. He's like, Pentagon? This is Tom. I'm just a park ranger or something. Uh, Snow, Snow White. White. Like, All right. They're like, got yeah, it. Yeah, the bomb's on its way. <laughs> and then we have to see footage of the bomb, like, basically making the whole trip, because I, otherwise, I guess, 70s audiences wouldn't understand how things get from point A to point B. It's like, here's Washington. It's like, it, t- it takes five minutes. Yeah. It's like just so much shoe leather yeah. for no good reason. Oh, my God. Um, so oh, and then at one point like there's a mini tremor and coffee gets spilled on the launch codes and you're like uh oh someone's gonna not be able to use those launch codes later but it never comes up. Um, Stephanie Powers hits on Steve some more. She tinkers with Bigfoot to put his arm back on. And then there after the after everything has happened you're like okay well I guess everything's fine. Only one alien dies as I recall. But then they have this whole thing where it's like well the power is off in our base. So then there's like a 10 minute sequence of Steve using his bionic powers to basically fix a fuse in their shit. <laughs> the $6 million dollar the handyman? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. And oh, then there's God. like joking and big laughs. It really laughs. puts the lazy writing in Sons of Anarchy in perspective. There you I go. Say yeah. That. yeah. The climax of the episode involves someone pointing out an electrical junction box, yep. which looks exactly <laughs> like a normal junction box. Yep. Um, Steve fixes the power. Bigfoot smiles. Most of the aliens seem to be alive, and steal. And then, as he's leaving, they're like, "Well, we, you know, we have to erase your memory." And Steve's like, "All right." And I turn to Dave, and I'm like, "Isn't Steve supposed to be some kind of a scientist?" 
which I guess he was an astronaut. Also, this is America. This is kind of a scientist. This is America. Did we lose a war? Are we now getting our minds wiped <laughs> right. by aliens voluntarily now? Right. What's going on? Like, why can't Steve use his powers to like, nope, and run away from them? <laughs> like, it's just, that's the end of it. No, it's never going to come up again. Uh, one then... small plot point that you didn't mention that really was introduced and went absolutely really nowhere anywhere is that the aliens have secret goo that uh, basically cures all diseases. And he's like, yeah, sure could use some of that for Earth. Hey, can you can you spare some of your secret salivation goo? And they're like, nah, can't can't do it. Sorry, Steve. And at the end, after he gets his mind wiped, he finds this vial that the lady slipped in his pocket. Oh. And he's like, and Oscar, what's this? And Oscar's like, I don't know. We'll get it analyzed. And then that's it. <laughs> and then it never comes up in the series. Again. It's that old school dedication to making sure that nothing at the end of the episode <laughs> is all that different from how things were yep. at the beginning of the episode. Exactly. It's probably Tiger Bomb. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Tara, you uh, had me... Uh, make a cut a clip which you really enjoyed oh yeah so this is where it starts to become clear it really what we're watching because at first you just see this the hexagonal screen and then people talking about you don't you just see sort of see the backs yeah. of their heads kind of no you see them in profile and then uh and then it comes to like the big you know what what audiences in the 70s would have been waiting for which is steve austin fighting bigfoot yeah and so this is their commentary oh very nice Oh, I'd say they were very evenly matched. I don't know. No, I'll still bet on the Sasquatch. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't we all? (laughs) Coded gay guy loves Sasquatch. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. All right. So I would say this experiment's been, for the most part, a kind of a failure. (laughs) Hey. We had the best of intentions. <laughs> um, I think Joe, maybe you know, you got you, you enjoyed the show the most. But yeah, with, I'm definitely with, curious for uh, to see what else the show's got. All right, and Tara, now do you understand why Dave Cole is Dave Cole? Because he enjoys stuff like the two-hour <laughs> Secret of Bigfoot episode. Yes, but I knew that before. I knew that without having to watch yeah. it my own self. And now Dave has a window into my ultimate hatred for women. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, you know what time it is? It's game time. It's game time. Yes. All right, everybody. This week we're playing a game from Patrick F. called I'd Buy That for a Dollar. It is the sister game to our business time game from not too long ago. This time, I'm going to give you the name of a fictional product, and you tell me the pop culture property it is from. Two points for the correct answer. One point if you ask for a clue, and and you get it right after that. And the clue is in the form of where you may consume this product. Okay. 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 Are we ready to play? I buy that for a dollar. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. All right. Tara, you're first. Uh, 19. Your product is Starbix. Starbix. Can you spell it? Star what? Star B-I-X. Starbix. Like, like Weedabix, but Starbix. Hint. You may enjoy consuming Starbucks in a heart of gold. In a heart of gold. No. That was from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh. Ah, okay. All right, Joe. Number four. Number four. Red Apple cigarettes. 
Red apple cigarettes. Hint? You may consume red apple cigarettes. You may have a little smoke at the Big Kahuna. Um, the Big Kahuna. Lost? The Big Kahuna. Mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Oh, Pulp Big Fiction Kahuna Burger. Pulp Fiction and other Tarantino universe. Yes. yes. Oh my God, I totally never caught All right, Tara. Um, 30. Number 30, Booty Sweat Energy Drink. Booty Sweat Energy Drink. I know, I know it. Fuck, hint. On a movie shoot? Question mark. You may consume booty sweat energy drink on a movie shoot. 30 Rock. Mm. Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder Shit. is That's correct. Right. And actually was turned into a real product eventually. Oh, really? As, right. a, as promotion. Yep. It was that guy. I don't know. Quite a few of these we'll discover were turned yeah. into products. All right. <laughs> uh, number one. Number one, Apollo Candy Bar. Apollo Candy Bar. Hint? You may enjoy an Apollo Candy Bar on an island. Lost. Okay. Why am I getting all the ones? I don't know. I don't even. Rem- I don't remember Apollo Candy all right. Bars at all on that show. Twenty-eight. Number twenty-eight. Log. Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> there you go. Joe. Uh, fourteen. Number fourteen. The Octo Chicken. Oh. The Octo Chicken. Oh, the Octo Chicken. Hint. You will consume the Octo Chicken in a lab. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, um, Clone High? Good guess, but incorrect, Tara. Better Off Ted was one of the yes! products. Yes! Including yeah. exploding pumpkins. and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, was their, that was the one that actually had some marketing behind it. All uh, right, number 17. Number 17, Elsnor Beer. Elsnor Beer. Hint. Uh, you can consume Elsnor beer in a Canadian castle, eh? Oh, um, Bob and... Oh, SCTV? Bob and Doug's? Mackenzie? Uh, Take off, eh? I need... I need... I need... What Strange it, Brew? Correct. Strange go. Brew. God. Hey, uh, they're just... Different. Okay, but I don't know which... All right, right. That's fine. Seven. <laughs> I got it. Number seven, Sex Panther Cologne. Oh, Anchorman. Correct. Tara. 23. Number 23, Paper Street Soap. Paper Street? Paper Street Soap. Fight Club? Yep. Joe. 29. Number 29, Finder Spider. Finder Spider. Spider. Finder Spider. Hint. You can find Finder Spider on the World Wide Web. <laughs> well, um, no, I don't want to. You know, I'm a, supposed to be an impartial observer here, but I'm just going to say, take a wild stab at it. There's a good statistical chance you'll get it right, only because it's been in five trillion different things. Finder Spider on Finder the World Wide Web. Take a stab. At what? Star Wars? Star Trek? I don't know. What the fuck? Uh, Finder Spider is the fake Google seen in CSI, Breaking Bad, Dexter, Prison Break. Really? Uh, Veronica Mars? Probably. Uh, Without a Trace and uh, Criminal Minds. Just to name a few. I don't watch any of those. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I watch Breaking Bad. 
Tara. Oh, yeah, I do watch Breaking Bad. Uh, 10. Number 10, colon blow. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. All right, guys, let's get a score break here. All right. I, I have seven. I have three. All right. Still lots of time. Joe. Three. Number. Mm. Good. Genco Pura Olive Oil. Genco Pura Olive Oil. Hint. You can find Genco Pura Olive Oil in Little Italy. Sopranos. The Godfather. That was uh, Vito Corleone's company. Gotcha. Yeah. Tara. 11. Number 11, Buzz Beer. Buzz Beer. The Drew Carey Show. Correct for two points. Nice. Joe. Uh, 20. Number 20, Turbo Lax. <sighs> Turbo Lax. L-A-X. Dumb and Dumber? Really? Cool. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, 21. Number 21, your product is Dapper Dan Pomade. Oh, brother, where are thou? Correct. Six. Number six. Laramie cigarettes. Simpson. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, oh, my my uh, my clue for that was on Main Street, comma cracked and broken. <laughs> <laughs> sixteen. Number sixteen. Soul Glow. Oh, um, coming to America. Correct. Nice. That's, that's a pretty good one. All right. Twenty-five. Number twenty-five. Fruity oat bars. Fruity oat bars. Hint. Fruity oaty bars. Sorry, I'm saying it wrong. Fruity oaty bars. Still need a hint. Okay. Uh, you can uh, eat a fruity oaty bar on Haven, Ariel, or Whitefall. On Haven, Ariel, or Whitefall? Correct. Well, this all seems like stuff for a show that I totally don't watch. Um, I don't know. Firefly, or perhaps Serenity, if you want to go. I remember so little of that show, apparently. (laughs) The last three times it's been in a game time, I've been like, really? What? Yes, but it is, when we get these wrong, people are putting in the comments, I guess I won't submit a Firefly (laughs) for the canon. No, you should not. Um, Eight. (laughs) Number eight. uh, Sabor del Soledad. 30 Rock. Yes. Damn. Correct. Totally don't know that one. 27. Number 27, Tasty Wheat. Tasty Wheat. Do you remember what Tasty Wheat tasted like, Joe? Tasty Wheat. Tasty Wheat. Hint. In a computer program is where you may enjoy Tasty Wheat. Tron? The Matrix. Oh. Discussion about how does the computer know what Tasty Wheat tasted like? Right. Is it really what it tasted like? Or is it just a computer approximation of what it thinks it tasted like? (laughs) Tasty Wheat. All right. 26. Number 26. Quietus. Hint. You can consume Quietus... In your home, when you decide. Oh, um, Children of Men? Correct. That was wow. the drug you take to commit suicide. Yes. Children of Men. I've got to see right. that movie again. It's so good. It is such a really fantastic good movie. movie. Yeah. All right. So Score break, guys. What do we got? Tara? 16. 7. Uh-oh. All right. Here we go. Next number, please. Uh, 2. Number 2, Admiral Crunch. Admiral Crunch. <laughs> As opposed to Captain Crunch. Um, God, I'm really bad at this game. Admiral Crunch is Futurama? Really? Two points. Fuck. Yes. And Tara, I think you gave that away with your... <laughs> Futurama is always my go-to. Like, I have no frame yeah. of reference for this whatsoever. <laughs> it probably is Futurama. Twelve. Number twelve. Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor. Damn. <laughs> News Radio. Joe. Uh... Five. Number five. 
Slusho. Glee. Okay. I don't know either. Slusho is the Abrams Universe drink. Oh. Mentioned in Alias, Star Trek, Cloverfield. Again, totally yeah. don't notice. Okay. It's this whole thing. Thirteen. If you were into J.J. Abrams <laughs> as much as I would, you would know all about Slusho. Uh, thirteen. Number thirteen. The Cornballer. Nice. Arrested Development. Nice. It is a little cornball. Um, how many do we have left? One, two, three, whatever. Twenty-two. Number twenty-two. Chocolate Frosted Sugar Bombs. My favorite on the list. Chocolate oh, Frosted I Sugar Bombs. Oh, do know this. Chocolate now I'm going to remind you at this point in time, and, and again, that I said at the beginning of the show, you have to name the pop culture property it is from. Yes. I know we usually talk about just a few types, but I'm saying broaden your mind. Chocolate Frosted Sugar Bombs. You can ask for a hint. Hint. You can enjoy Chocolate Frosted Sugar Bombs at the kitchen table, perhaps with the tiger. Now you've got my brain going in 18 different places with that pop culture. That whatever, wasn't a real hint. I just, I, anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Tara. Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, yeah. I never read Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, my God. I know. Correct that. I'm going to get so much email after yeah. this one. 24. Number 24. Stay Puff Marshmallows. Ghostbusters. Wow. No. I'm doing bad at this game legitimately, but also any of the ones I could possibly know you are picking. And, and vice versa. You were in the beginning. Yeah. You were Tyranny the of the I numbers, did. guys. Tyranny of the numbers. <laughs> Score break, please. Tara. Why doesn't Joe go first? I, why don't I? I have nine. Joe has nine. Tara has? 22. Yeah. Okay. All right. And we have like two questions left, right? Three yep. questions Three. Left. Three. All right. Can I have the next number, please? Uh, nine. Number nine. Brondo. Brondo. B-R-O-N-D-O? B-R-A-W-N-D-O. Brondo. Simpsons. Idiocracy. It is idiocracy. Correct. The hint was in the future. In the terrible, terrible future. When they got it. 15. Number 15. Panda Puffs. Panda Puffs. Hint? On the doctor's couch. Doctor who? That's what I would have guessed. Doctor Katz. Oh, that was the son's sure. favorite snack in Dr. Katz. I guess I'm going to finish things up with number 18. But before I do that, may I just say <laughs> that I'm not a consumer-obsessed person who <laughs> focuses on things like products or things I could buy in shows. I really kind of self-select away from that. So I don't want to win this game. That's this episode of Extra Hot Great brought to you by Adbusters. Adbusters. <laughs> I was going to say, really, San Francisco? Uh, oh, you don't want to step <laughs> into that again. I that scab again. <laughs> yeah, I did. All right. Number, Number 18. Vita Mita Vegemin. Vita oh, Vita I love Lucy. Yes. Yeah. Correct for two points. Ending hey. it off. Now, we know the outcome, I think, but let's just get the scores for the books. Tara? 22. Uh, half that. 11. Wow. <laughs> All right, Tara. <laughs> Me. Done. All right, guys, that's it for another episode of Extra Hot Great. We thrashed with the Sons of Anarchy, got treated to Children's Hospital, and discovered the secret of Bigfoot with the Six Million Dollar Man. We took the I'd Buy That for a Dollar quiz in game time and discovered that Tara is the better consumer of fake Hollywood. (laughs) See? Goods. And I'll own that. (laughs) That 
is it? We're listening. <laughs> I am David T. Cole on behalf of Tari Ariana. Ahoy, hoy. Joe Reed. That was a good one. I like that. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week right here on Extra Hot.